listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the Taming Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with the lovely Deb and Sue. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you both? Good, Very apart good. from the white stuff that's falling out the sky. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, no. A spring mm-hmm. storm. Well, it's been a solid day of it, so... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. No, typical May long weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you any more about it. So let's just dive into tonight's topic because it's something I'm actually quite excited to talk about. That is family roots and researching your ancestors. Have you researched your family tree at all, Sue? Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay, Uh you must have found some nuggets along the way. Well, you know, not really. And kind of one of the things that makes it slightly different or a little bit more difficult is the fact that when I look at it I I could not be any more Celtic if I tried Uh, I've even got Welsh in me there you go three percent Welsh we did know we knew we liked you for about three percent of the time (laughs) that's more than most people (laughs) oh it's actually a really fascinating subject though isn't it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I'm not going to ask Deb if she researched hers because I did it for her. That's so right. she, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's off the hook one more time. Yeah. So several years ago, I went on this like amazing journey of researching our family ancestry. And one of the main reasons was because I was really afraid that our history would be lost because as the both of you know, once you emigrate, It's really easy to lose those connections Mm -hmm. to the past, especially for our kids and, you know, grandkids and, you know, down the line. And the other reason was because our dad had never known who his dad's parents were. So that was kind of more of a motivation for me to see if I could kind of figure out that family mystery, because it was always something we wondered about. And I wanted to do that. You know, he was getting up in age and I thought, this is something he needs to know now. So eventually I did put together both our mum and our dad's family tree and I put it in a book. And I gave a book to our parents and my sisters and my kids and my nieces and nephew, just so that they have something tangible to connect them to their Welsh ancestry. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly rewarding to do that. And I'm sure that, you know, the kids probably put the book somewhere. <laughs> they they never look at them. But, you know, it's something that one day you're going to look at it and say, oh, that's where I come from. Or that's why this happened. Or, you know, there's that connection, isn't there? Yeah. And it is kind of cool to go back to it, you know, because you read it at first and you take in all this information and then you put it on the shelf. Because I know when I was going through all the books and we were doing donations, I saw it there and I thought, I'm ready to read it again, you know, because there's so many things I've forgotten. Yes. Because you just get kind of fixated on it. And yeah, it's it was great. Good job, sister. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, 
But it is overwhelming, right, to, yeah. to learn all these names of people you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm not really sure what it was that prompted me wanting to know. And I think it probably is kind of, you know, when, like you say, when you're away from all your family, it's nice to have some sort of connection and kind of to know where you come from. And so my husband actually bought him and me both Ancestry DNA kits for uh, Christmas uh, two or three years ago now. And I was so excited. I I could not wait to, to dribble my spit into that bottle. To, <laughs> <laughs> yes. To, to send it off. And it did kind of set us both on, on looking. And I, I, I think I'm at the stage where I'm so overwhelmed by it all mm-hmm. I don't really know where to go because there's a lot <laughs> yes yeah there is I haven't done the the DNA part of it I just did the you know the records mm-hmm. and my goodness like once you start going down that route it is it's amazing I think for me, what I was really surprised about is how incredibly moving it is, right? Like it's really hard work because, you know, you're going through tons of records and trying to follow a single thread that may or may not lead anywhere. But I think what surprised me the most was how emotional it was, mm-hmm. which is really strange because these are just names to start with or names you actually didn't even know in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you know, once you find that name and then you find a birth record and a marriage certificate and a death certificate and, you know, where they lived and who they lived with and when and how they died and what they did for a living, they become this living, breathing being. There's a massive emotional attachment to them at that point and you want to know everything about them. And once you have your birth, their birth record, then you find out who their parents were and then you kind of go down another mm-hmm. rabbit hole and discover somebody new to add to your tree. So it's actually really, really addictive once you start, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially yeah. for people like me who do kind of go all in. <laughs> Maybe not everybody gets addictive, but boy, I sure was. Well, I think one of the things for me is my maiden name was Sprossen. And so over the years, people have said, well, where's that from? And we're like, oh, we don't know. All we knew was that kind of my dad's family was strongly rooted in London. So the assumption was always kind of, you know, when I I did this, you know, DNA test that I would come up as being sort of about 50% English is kind of what I anticipated. Mm -hmm. And 46% Ireland, specifically Ulster, which was no surprise at all because that's where my family still lives. <laughs> uh, 37% Scotland, which does confuse people a little bit because we didn't know about that. 11%, <laughs> is England and Northwestern Europe. And then I've got my 3% of Wales and Sweden, like 3% of each. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of more, it's not really what I expected. It's given you more questions than answers, really, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need that. 
to be honest. But it has been very interesting because, you know, it sparked lots of conversations with my mum and dad and my dad had kind of done some of this work already kind of going through the like what's that place in in London where they have all the records and stuff so he'd done a lot of it there which was really helpful because it meant that I could kind of track and make sure I was on the right lines with that and then with kind of like the Northern Irish side the Irish side really difficult to get information yeah well because a lot of the information was kept in the church Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And they were the historians to to some degree. And and a lot of them weren't very good at record keeping. (laughs) So there's a lot of gaps. But I think one of the things I found, which was, I I don't know, it made me really, really happy, was I traced back, I'm pretty sure it was on my father's side now, I'll have to look it up. But there was a will that one of our ancestors made on his deathbed where he states that his estate like a lot of his estate was given to his loving wife and the rest of his estate was to be divided equally between his sons and his daughters which back then was actually quite rare mm-hmm. you know usually they didn't leave anything to their daughters and I, it just made me incredibly proud I didn't know who it was but it was like oh my goodness proactive right back then mm-hmm. so it's those little things that kind of made me smile I'm not sure why, but I think it does seem like the older we get, the more we want to know where we come from. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how many of us don't know the names of our you know, great-grandparents or let alone the generations that came before them, because really there's no reason to know them, right? You know, unless mm-hmm. you ask, I suppose. Nobody really knew the first names of a lot of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then finding out that just because, you know, that's the name they were known by, not necessarily their actual name. (laughs) Yes, yes. And spelling as well. That was the other thing as well, the the multiple different spellings for things, you know, the surnames. And so that's kind of been one of the things for me. I kind of go down a rabbit hole and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Look, the spelling's changed. Like, is this still a connection or not? Well, it's difficult, but I think, you know, the further back you go, you really do encounter that. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, people were just doing kind of a census of whatever in the town and they would say the name and they'd spell it however they felt like spelling it. You know, it's um, it can differ from record to record, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My fear is that our kids and our grandkids um, won't have access to the information because of the privacy laws now, you know, and that's, that's kind of why I did it when I did it. It was a few, I don't remember what year I did it, Deb, do you? It was a few years ago. Yeah, I think it was like three or four years ago, I would think. Yeah. Maybe now. I think it was just before they started really tightening up the privacy laws. And Mm -hmm. I, I was afraid of not being able to access the information. Yeah. Because when I was searching, the UK census was the biggest source of information. Mm-hmm. But you can only access information online for the years 1841 to 1911. And they were only done every 10 years. So, you know, there's gaps of 10 years in between each record. So you kind of had to go down these different rabbit holes of finding 
you know, marriage certificates within those 10 years and death certificates and birth certificates and kind of lining them up and, and then trying to read the church records that, you know, big surprise, they're not um, computerized. <laughs> they're in handwriting. <laughs> and they're blurry. Yes, and they're just kind of scanned into the records, right? So mm -hmm. some of it is really difficult to figure out. But when they're only done every 10 years, there's big gaps. But I was really lucky enough that our mother's father, our grandfather, was 11 months old on the last census I could access. So in 1911, he was actually on that census and he was 11 months as the youngest in the family. So that was really fascinating because you realize that, you know, your grandfather was a child once. You know, it's it's those kind of things. And then following his family back, it's the census of the UK are sealed for 100 years. Yes, so you you can only access a census if it's been 100 years. So that's kind of a strange thing. And then in Canada, it's after 92 years. Now, I don't know where they've come up with that number. <laughs> Bizarre, I don't know. But yeah, and in Canada, they did the census every 10 years up until I think it was 1971. And then they started doing them every five years. And in Canada, I'm not sure if it's the same in the, uh, the UK, but in Canada, you can choose whether you can have your records unsealed after 92 years. Hmm. They give you that choice. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd remember. <laughs> and the thing is, is after 92 years, if you actually did your own census, you're not really going to be around when they're released, are you? You know? <laughs> Yeah, probably not. No, unless, you know, we manage to live a lot longer than we do now. But, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I guess they could change the laws too. But it would be a shame to seal your record for forever, right? Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's nice to, to kind of know. And I think it is nice to have that history and uh, just to have some sort of, you know, a feel for where people came from and you know sort of like you said to, to know a little bit about them and their lives and everything and I think you know it's so nice when you see the photos of your great-grandparents or even your grandparents when they were little kids and it's like oh they look like me or I guess I look like them you know that kind of recognition of some features of the face or the way they're standing and things like that it's just like oh you know all of a sudden it becomes very real. Yeah. Absolutely. Or even those little things that you always thought was true. And mm -hmm. then when you start looking and you go, oh, that wasn't true at all. Like, mm -hmm. that's a completely different story of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I found it fascinating. And I do have to say that the census records are amazing. And we always moan when we have to do them because I just did the long one and <laughs> I was ticked off that I got the long one. <laughs> <laughs> because there were so many questions. But mm -hmm. I have to say, like, when you're looking back at the old census and you can find out all this information, like, it's it's amazing. 
mm-hmm. you know, to find out where and when and with whom they lived. And I even discovered which ancestors only spoke Welsh or only spoke English or who were bilingual. Mm-hmm. Because our father's family on his mother's side lived in the towns along the Welsh-English border. So, you know, at one point I was following along on the Welsh census and then they disappeared and they ended up on the English one, even though their address hadn't changed. So the census takers oh. must must have like gone down the wrong street or, or something. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But it's even those things that kind of make you smile when you discover them on something else, you know. You thought they were lost Mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh, my God, here they are. So (laughs) it's quite the journey for sure. Yeah, and I think kind of I do have a a better understanding of, you know, people that sort of second, third generation and everything and, and kind of wanting to know where their family came from, you know, sort of four or five, you know, three, four generations back, does that make you Scottish? No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I I kind of do have a better understanding of where, wanting to know where you come from and having a part and an understanding of that heritage, I guess. Yeah, I I think if you don't know where you come from, I don't know, there's not a connection there to a culture or tradition or heritage and and I, I'm not saying everybody really needs that but I kind of hang on to that you know mm-hmm. I think our Welshness kind of is a huge part of who we are Deb do you think the same yeah definitely mm-hmm. how about you Sue although you've really gone down the Celtic rabbit hole I know <laughs> I know but yeah. you see it all makes sense now because that that's <laughs> Yes, you know, and like when I was a kid, we would always head off to to Northern Ireland for the, you know, a few weeks during the summer, and you know, see the cousins and the aunties and the uncles, and I'd meet somebody, and it would be like, oh, this is your cousin twice removed, and and things like that, and I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means, but now I've got a bet. now I've got kind of a a vague idea and I do you know I I always loved you know my time in in Northern Ireland and and I do I miss that green I miss the the countryside I miss the accent and everything and like you say I have gone down well I don't know I've been down here for some time now (laughs) yeah but you know sort of with the the music that I listen to like a lot of it is the, the music that I grew up listening to, you know, that I would hear my aunts, my uncles, my my mum sing. I would see them dancing. I would, you know, hear the stories. I would hear the poems and everything. So it's not unfamiliar. It, it's kind of, it, it does feel kind of very close. And, you know, I can sing along with a lot of them very badly. Hmm. But it, it's it's not my home. I've never lived there. It's it's somewhere that I'm very fond of and that I perhaps would like to understand a bit better now that I know more. And uh, one of the nice things about the ancestry stuff is like it has kind of pinned actually quite closely where my family are from. And so I was looking to see, you know, authors and, and poets and things from the area 
And so there's this one fella that I'm reading and the stories are kind of all in that area. So he's talking about villages and places and I'm like, oh, I know where that is. <laughs> yeah. And it is nice to have that connection and, you know, a little bit of an understanding. Yeah. 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 I think we underestimate how important connection is to be honest but I do really think that as you get older you value it more mm -hmm. and maybe when you're younger you're too busy you know building careers and raising families and everything else and maybe you know it's when you get to midlife you kind of I don't know maybe you need to you have the time to kind of wonder mm -hmm. I guess yeah and I think it it helps us gain like knowing what you know you find out through these things it helps you gain like a greater understanding you know of the challenges they faced mm -hmm. yes absolutely it kind of I think it it gives you almost a greater sense of compassion for them mm -hmm. yeah they're you humanize the names yeah. that mm -hmm. you see mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah have you watched any of the shows about ancestry like who do you think you are or finding your roots I have seen a few a long time ago Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to watch them back in the UK because I knew who it was they were talking about. Like, I knew yes. who the, the celebrity was. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, <laughs> I, I have no clue who half the people are. And I, I kind of admit that, you know, sometimes the stories are really interesting, but I don't have any sort of relationship to that person, which is weird, I know. But it, it just, it's easier for me to kind of watch those things when I kind of have a sense of who they are and what they've done. Yeah, and I think the UK version of Who Do You Think You Are, I have seen every one of those. And I think those speak to you more because you're familiar with what they're talking mm -hmm. about. And I think one of the things with the UK one as well is, you know, they would mention somewhere or they would mention a name and you start making your own connections to it. It's like, oh, well, you know, we had family that lived like three miles down the road from there. Would yeah. they have known this person? Would they have known this family and things like that? So, yeah, I suppose that there's that as well. Mm -hmm. When I watch the shows, every single one of them have in common is that by the middle of the episode, they've all cried at some point mm -hmm. because no matter how you go into it, it's always so emotional when you start hearing the stories. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a name, maybe some dates of birth and death. But once you start delving a little deeper, I don't know, you get to know them. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. really weird. It's a weird feeling, to be honest. Yeah. And I have to say, I would love to have one of those shows done on my family. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know they tend to kind of pick out two or three interesting threads, but it's just like, what could somebody with those resources and those skills, what could they find out? Yes. Um, yeah. And I guess there's also that, would I want to know what they find out? Because, you know, it isn't always good. <laughs> no, I think everybody's got a little bit of a, a black sheep, we'll call them, in their roots somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I finished our side of the family, I started doing my husband's family and it went back so far. Um, you know, his ancestors came from 
on both his mother and his father, they all came from Paris, France. Mm -hmm. And the French kept really, really good records. So his ancestry was, it became really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I gave up on it because his family tree was like this like massive big oak and I was just like a sapling. <laughs> so I got a little bit upset. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> well, and I think it, it's weird actually because my husband's is a bit the same and he, I mean, he was way, way more lost in it all than I was. And loving every second of it. And he'd be like, oh, well, you know, sort of, it looks like we're related uh, on, on this side to, to so-and-so a person. I'm like, how far back have you gone? <laughs> it was just like, it, it was it, millennia, it felt like. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. I'm only really a few generations back because, I don't know, I, I don't think I'm as tenacious as he is when it comes to those things. Or as logical, because he would right. kind of go down one line and stick with it. Whereas I would get yeah. distracted and, and go down several at a time, which apparently isn't the do. best idea. No, no, no. <laughs> you have to stick with one person and follow them all the way through. Mm, yeah, I'm not good with that. <laughs> I learned that very, very quickly, too, <laughs> because otherwise it's like, well, who am I talking? Who, who was born on this day again? So it got real. And then writing down every single thing you come across, like it's. Mm -hmm. It's a huge job, but oh my God, yeah, it's so satisfying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, I think since I did it, they've opened up more records now. So I'm going to have to go and look and see. I was reading an article by Shaquille Wardley about the five benefits of knowing your family history. A lot of it we've already discussed, but she said finding that your family history can actually increase your happiness which sort of intrigued me a little bit. So I thought I would share that with you and see what you thought. And number one was it gives you a sense of identity, you know, knowing where you come from, the traditions, the culture. Everybody wants to connect that way, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. Number two, it makes you more resilient. And Deb, you touched on that a little bit, learning about the hardships your ancestors faced. Mm -hmm learning about how they made it through impossible situations and had to overcome a lot of hardships helps to give you the courage to face challenges because life was way harder in many ways back then than there is now. We yeah. whine and moan and then when you read about what they went through, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. And number three, it connects you with others. And she says, learning about family history gives you a sense of connection, like we've said many times. And, mm -hmm. you know, that one for me kind of hits home because on my vehicle, I have a red dragon, which for anybody that knows anything about Wales, it's our national emblem and it's on a flag and we're very proud of it. And anywhere I go, people will always stop me and, and tell me about who they're related to in Wales every mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And it can be strangers and then you end up chatting. And if my husband takes my vehicle, he comes home and says, oh, this woman said that her mother was from this town and where's your wife from? And then they, they're talking about everything Welsh, even though you don't know this person. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of connection for some reason. You know, it's mm -hmm. it binds people together, even though a lot of the people that stop us have never been to Wales. 
And, you know, maybe their grandfather was Welsh or something, but they always stop us. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, sort of finding something in common with other people. It's like, oh, I know about that. I can talk to them about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange, though, isn't it, when you think about it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number four, it makes you a better human. Now, that to me is a little bit of a stretch, but... Mm. She says that uncovering stories of how your ancestors worked through hard times and overcame so much may inspire you to work harder. Uh, Maybe for some people, I guess, but that's a stretch, I think. What about people that can't do this for whatever reason? You know, what about the people that, you know, that maybe have been adopted or there's been a lot of loss and, you know, people have moved around and, you know, They've come from somewhere where, you know, perhaps records don't exist in, you know, in as, you know, full, uh, perhaps as as other places. Like, what about them? What what on earth would that say about them? Like, Mm -hmm. I can imagine if if I was in that situation, that would leave me feeling pretty shitty. I don't like that. Yeah, we'll strike that one. Number Mm -hmm. four, we don't like. But you're right, Sue. A lot of people are adopted. A lot of people, records were Because they were kept in the church, a lot of records were destroyed by fire or whatever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people won't be able to go back very far, if anywhere, really. So we'll go on to number five. It helps make good health choices. Um, For that one, she kind of means knowing about your family health issues, which may be genetic. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you know, the better, I guess, when it comes to health. Although... You can't really find too much about health when you go down the ancestry route. No. It doesn't say much about that on the census, of course. But I guess if you know, you know, your parents and your grandparents, because watching those shows, a lot of people don't even know who their grandparents were or know much about them because people didn't really talk much back then in a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Other than number four, what did you think about those points? I don't know. I think some of them might be on point, you know. I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, I asked my husband because he's adopted and um, a lot of his answers were quite, quite surprising, I guess, because, you know, he said that his history, he, he doesn't know his biological parents. You know, he was, he was adopted from the hospital. And um, he said that, you know, his family history is is adopted parents like everything he knows his values everything that pertains to him in a family history is his adopted parents not his biological mm-hmm. you know he's got no interest to find out anything about his biological parents He's got no, I th- I guess he's got no physical or emotional connection to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see that, Deb. You yeah. Know, especially if you were brought up very happy with, you know, your adoptive, adoptive parents. Like, maybe you don't really need to search back, you know? There's yeah. no need to. Yeah. You know, I do know stories of lots of people who have been adopted from um, into happy families still want to know. Yeah. They just want to know, I guess. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but a lot of people don't. You know, they're not interested in that. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is so unique to each and every person. Uh, 
you know, and, and sort of certainly being adopted would, would tie into that. But, like, my husband's not that bothered, really. Like, having the family tree and everything, that's great. But it, it's, that's kind of really as far as it goes. It's, you know, he doesn't really want to know about the people and doesn't really feel any connection to them. It's just like, oh, yeah, these are just people in my family tree. Yeah. Whereas I have more of that kind of um, wanting to know and, and, you know, make a connection. So I guess some people just want that and, and some people don't. Yeah. And and what about, you know, say you are adopted and you do go on search for your biological parents. There must be that sense of the possibility of rejection from them, mm-hmm. you know. Them not wanting anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. I think, I think that's a complete different situation for sure. Yeah. Obviously, I can't speak for anybody that's been adopted, but I I can imagine maybe you don't want to know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, mm-hmm. you know, just because of that. Yeah, that's it's a possibility, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is, and that's. That's a huge different subject for sure. I think speaking for myself, when I went into it, I expected just to put names on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. just kind of for my own curiosity and just so that my kids would have some connection or keep that connection to Wales. But what I got out of it was much, much more. So I can understand these people who do it for a living because I... I'm like, oh, my God, I want to do this all the time now. You know, I love to research things. Mm-hmm. But I think people don't understand the emotional part of it, that once you really get into it, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. And it's not for everybody, as you said, you know, different situations for different people. Mm-hmm. Some people don't care. But I find it fascinating, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think probably most people do. I think. Mm-hmm. Not sure, but. Well, they do shows on it, so somebody, somebody yeah. <laughs> and there's full-time jobs doing it, so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'd probably be in a, in a puddle most of the time going, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, one story I came across where, oh gosh, and I'm going to have to look now and see what side it was. I believe it was, I'm not going to say, I don't know whether it was my mother's or father's, but where... This woman, they were on a dairy farm and her husband died quite young. She had three children. Two of the oldest boys were deaf. And I think her daughter was two when she lost her husband. And she ran that dairy farm with her two sons helping her out with a little toddler, like just the tenacity of this woman, you know, I just was so kind of proud of her, really. It's like, it's, it's strange. And I mean, right now, I can't even recall her name. But at the time, I just thought, Oh, look at this woman, how, how strong she is, you know, but you just kind of sucked it up and did what you could back then to survive, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of the women on one side, named their child Love. The name Love was going through dif- different generations. And I just thought, oh, how did I not know that? I didn't have a girl, but if I had a girl after I did the ancestry, <laughs> well, she'd be called Love. 
So it's probably a good thing that I yeah. can have a girl. Yeah. Um, well, I would not. Uh, we, we have a Hepsi bar. <laughs> and I was like, that's an unusual name. Sorry to anyone wow. that may be listening that's called Hepsi bar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just... And like other names, it's like, ah, oh, yes, that's uh, of its time. That's a different name. See, yeah. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, no, no I don't think I had until. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I remember my my mum saying she wanted to name me after her mum, like our grandmother, and her name is Kynwen. It's a very Welsh name. Mm. And my grandmother said, don't you Day, call her kind when. <laughs> so anyway, if you haven't looked into ancestry before, be prepared to get hooked. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Have your tissues nearby. And stay hydrated. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it doesn't affect everybody. Maybe you just need to be a big emotional mess like some of us are. <laughs> On that note, I'll say stay safe, stay sane, and until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.